the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Navigate the changing business climate together. Visit SurroundSanFrancisco.com. SurroundSanFrancisco.com. Alameda Alliance for Health wants you to protect yourself and your family by getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Everyone five and older is eligible for vaccination at no cost. Call 510-208-4VAX to make an appointment. Alliance members 12 and older who get their first shot between September 21st and February 28th will be eligible to receive a state-sponsored $50 grocery gift card while supplies last. Visit AlamedaAlliance.org for information on staying safe this winter. Important bulletin regarding the secret tech stock that everyone is suddenly talking about. The tech stock is set to create 50,000 new jobs right here in America. Donald Trump himself called what they're doing the eighth wonder of the world. And the company is collecting billions from the tech giants, including over 30 billion just from Apple, Nokia, and Microsoft. Yet here's the most intriguing part. This $3 stock trades under a secret name. Just go to OneStockRetirementNow.com to get the whole story. Streaming now on TuneIn and the Odyssey app, AM 1100 KFAX. Portions of our programming may be pre-recorded. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Uh, yes, indeed. They checked my ID at the door, confirmed it was me, and they... Let me in the door anyway, which I'm still trying to figure out the logic of that. (laughs) Good afternoon to you. Welcome. It's the uh, Wednesday edition for this 19th day of January, five minutes after 5 p.m. And uh, on your radio is Craig Roberts. As always, a privilege and an honor to spend some time with you today as we do every weekday addressing issues that impact your life and your world. Today, we're going to talk about money, at least at the start of the program, and uh, rightfully so. Um, been a rough day the last couple of days here, combined between the uh, drop in the Dow Jones Industrial Average on Tuesday and Wednesday, almost 883 points over the course of the two days. Monday, of course, was a uh, was a holiday on Wall Street, and some investors may be wishing the same had been true for Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll spend some time trying to understand the numbers, and most importantly, as we enter into a midterm election year, the third year of COVID being with us, inflation rates the likes of which we haven't seen since the Jimmy Carter years, along with suggestions from the Fed that interest rates will be rising. We've already seen an uptick in the mortgage lending rates. Could be a tough year financially. If you're not wise, hypervigilant, hypervigilant English, Craig, if you're not wise, hypervigilant, and, uh, and really stay on top of your money. And, of course, for those that are working toward retirement, the closer you get to that date, the more hyper-vigilant you need to be. My first guest tonight, and I, I want to uh, ask for your, uh, 
indulgence. He has very limited media experience. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, today might be his very first appearance on live radio. <laughs> he, uh, a dear friend to all of us for many, many years, listeners, and of course myself uh, included, and always delighted to have the principal of Vitucci and Associates, 30-plus year financial manager, best-selling author, and all-around great guy, Pat Vitucci. Did I read that exactly the way you wrote it, Pat? I think so. That was pretty, pretty, pretty passionate. I like the way you put your passion into that. Yeah, I, I, le- I left a couple, of, a couple of lines out about you know the best looking and all that stuff. I figured that was a, just a that was just a, <laughs> a field too far. Hey, Pat, thanks so much for joining us tonight. There's so much to talk about related to the markets, and uh, you know it's interesting. Investors, I think, have been kind of lulled into a a false sense of security over these past many years in the post 2008 2009 real estate debacle world, we're just used to Dow Jones, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500 headed in a permanent upward trajectory, low interest rates. We have gotten really spoiled over the last uh, 12, 13 years. And, uh, you know, as you often speak about on your program, don't invest and forget, there's always a concern as to when the so-called financial gravy train will pull into the station. And I'm just wondering, from your perspective, what about this year? Could things be slowing to the point where it becomes a relatively new world economically in the world of investing? Yeah, I hate, I hate to be a be a downer, but I think you could be right. We we've been just um, Teflon coated. We've had COVID. We've had all kinds of uh, world issues, national issues, local issues, and at the end of the day, the Dow Jones and Nasdaq hits. New records. Uh, I think last year there were 64 new highs on on the uh, on the major index. But here we are, just a scant uh, 12 trading days into the year, and most indices are down about 10 percent. That's officially a correction, Craig. And so, we knew going into the end of the year, stocks were very overvalued, in my opinion. What we call the price earnings ratio, PE ratio was at all-time highs, and so it's not surprising we are seeing some profit-taking, some money going to the the sidelines, and not to speak of um, Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve Chairman, talking about at least four rate increases. We've got uh, inflation at 7% for last year. We've got um, possible Russia-Ukraine issues, and we've got a midterm election, which always... um, makes markets a little bit more volatile. So we've got a lot of headwinds coming up, as you intimated in your opening comments. And so we'll see um, how the world turns, but the, the year is off to a pretty rough start. And and certainly, you know, for some investors, uh, the average Joe on the street that's, uh, you know, simply trying to set money aside for retirement, get the bills paid, uh, this subject may sound fairly mundane. And yet I have to wonder, are we sort of looking at the perfect storm here in terms of all of these events and conditions kind of uh, coming together uh, almost at the same uh, 
crossing point that would require people to pay a lot closer attention. Now, we've been paying attention to the outgo. Anybody who's pulled up to a gas station, filled the tank, or gone into the grocery store knows that you're paying significantly more for the bread, the pasta, the meat, the cheese, the gasoline than you were even this time a year ago. But in addition to looking at significant changes in the outgo from an inflationary standpoint, now I'm wondering if folks also need to start paying attention to changes in the income, meaning we've enjoyed some pretty spectacular years where some of the indices, like the Dow Jones Industrial Average, you know, up 25 points. People go, wow, this is great. And, uh, you know, they, they enjoy cracking the champagne bottles every now and then. Uh, but, but some folks are going to be sorely disappointed, I would wonder, if they're not really paying close enough attention to things in the new year, with, again, so many of these events converging. In the years that you have been doing this, more than three decades now, Pat, in your mind, is this kind of defined potentially the perfect storm for a very significant corrective year? Well, I think so, because the headwinds cannot be ignored. And while we don't want to talk politics, politics does affect Wall Street in a very big way. Monetary policy comes principally out of the White House, and you've got some very different views. And so it really is time to do some introspection and what we call sector rotation. And the worst thing we want to do is look at our year-end statements, which are coming in the mail this week and next week, and say, wow, I did great. But you don't want to call that company and say, what's my value today? Because in many cases, it may be 8 to 10 to 12 percent lower than that year-end number. So it is, a, it is time to pivot, perhaps, depending on your upset for risk, depending upon your utility of the money. When are you going to start withdrawing money? When do you go from the contribution phase, contributing to IRAs, 401Ks, to the distribution phase, where you're taking monthly checks out of that chunk of money you've been saving for 40 years? So what we call sector rotation, in many cases, areas of the economy that were worked perfectly last year may be the absolute wrong place this year, again, depending on a variety of issues that, that dictate when you're going to need the money. So it's really time to examine your 401Ks, your IRAs, funds, annuities, whatever, to determine what kind of risk you want to take during potentially uh, a flat to perhaps negative year. My father used to say hitting the bullseye with a 22 is easy if you're only 10 feet back from the target. But if you're 200 feet back from the target, you better exchange your 22 for a shotgun if you're hoping to hit the target. And I'm wondering if that kind of, in in a sense, sort of describes the environment that we're heading into, where historically, in recent years, Picking about just about any ETF out there, uh, you know, certainly this was not guaranteed for all, but you, you pretty much, no matter what you picked, you kind of had a good chance of hitting the target, so to speak, in terms of having a, a, a decent return on your money. Um, is that target going to become more elusive, far more narrower uh, in this new year that's going to require folks to really be significantly diligent, meaning don't just look at it every now and then and hope for the best, but rather 
rather really need to be staying on top of what you're doing in your IRA, your 401k, things of that sort, maybe even on a quarterly or, or dare I say, even a monthly basis? Yeah, a hope and pray strategy generally doesn't work. And, and your dad was a wise man. We're, let's, listen, we're all sitting in the bleacher seats. We're trying to figure out who, who the batter is and, and does he hit the right field or left field uh, and what kind of pitch are, is he going to be thrown. And so that's the kind of guesswork that, you know, John and Mary Doe uh, is looking at and trying to figure out where should I be in the next quarter or two? And it really boils down to looking at 50, 5050 of the leading and lagging economic indicators. Craig, this is pretty boring stuff. And if you're not in the business, you'll fall asleep by looking at the third or fourth leading and lagging indicator. So this is not, um, this is not easy reading material unless you're really passionate and really have a keen interest in following this stuff. And so, you know, we, we get a lot of calls from your show and my show about, you know, look, I'm an engineer, I'm a dentist, I'm a plumber, uh, I'm an attorney, I'm good at what I do, but I have no idea what a leading and lagging indicator is or a large cap growth or a small cap value fund or an emerging fund or utility or a mortgage fund. Uh, the typical answer is I own a mutual fund. Well, what kind? I'm not sure. And so it's, it's a classic response, and you really can't manage money from the bleacher seats and expect uh, to get a crisp, clean look at that pitch coming right down the middle. And so we've got to obviously uh, uh, understand the nuances of the economy, which change from quarter to quarter in a pretty radical way. The volatility index the last seven, eight, nine years has been historically off the charts high, which makes uh, money management uh, even more of a challenge. Yeah, I was going to say, I think prior to 2008, 2009, none of us even knew or ever even heard of volatility index. And now it's something we, we live with on virtually uh, virtually every day. I, I want to take a time out here. When we come back, I want to kind of unpack um, some of the, the minutia of all of this. Many of us, if you're like me, were raised in a household where generally when it came to money management, that meant how you spend it, where you spend it, how much you spend. But, you know, if you really think of it, when it comes to the, the broader subject of money, there are multiple factors that all directly go to how long will it last for you. That's not just your timeline for retirement, your longevity after retirement, things of that sort, but other issues that maybe you haven't thought of that go beyond just managing the way you spend it, like what's your return on investment? What's the interest rate you're getting? What kind of taxes are you potentially paying on your investments? What about the downward pull on your money coming from things like inflation? monetary policy of the United States government, and of course, our all-time favorite, the unknown factors. Might that be anything from a war, global pandemic, supply shortages? All of these factors come together that can put significant pressure on your savings and spending habits. And worse still, as you near retirement or if you're in retirement, then it really takes 
a laser look at all of this. With us today is Pat Fatucci. Pat has been helping people manage their retirement dollars and plan for savings for things like children's education, buying a home, all of it. He's done it here in the Bay Area for over three decades and has been a guest on this program for many, many years, probably 25 of the last 30-something years. And we always appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with Pat and pick his brain and uh, share some of that insight with you so that hopefully you become a better money manager and a better steward of the finances that you enjoy. Pat Fatucci with us tonight. We're going to take a brief time out. When we come back, we'll talk about what happens when all of these issues kind of uh, intersect high taxes, inflation, monetary policy, issues of the unknown that all can play into how long your money lasts in retirement. Our conversation with Pat Fatucci continues right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We're back talking about you, well, more specifically your money. Pat Fatucci is with us tonight. We're taking a look at the markets, um, what transpired over the course of 2021. And in the brand new year, some potential new surprises that may come our way. And sort of this perfect storm, as we suggested before the break, that um, that's the intersection of things like monetary policy, taxes, inflation, issues of the unknown. Certainly the global pandemic has been one of those that's had varying impacts on the economy. Some parts of the economy have actually done very well under COVID, others not so well. All of this, of course, suggests that as we see the impact of inflation that will also eventually lead to an increase in interest rates, which means everything that you buy on time is going to get a lot more expensive That's going to suggest that it might be less of a party on Wall Street in 2022 than we saw in previous years. And, Pat, maybe that's the important thing to be reminding listeners tonight, and that is to be painfully aware, if they're not already, that there are so many factors that weigh in on what their finances are going to look like at retirement. And, of course, that that kind of painful question that all of us ask and yet none have a real answer to, and that is, well, how long will I live and will I will my money outlast me or the other way around? Yeah, that's always the anxiety issue that uh, kind of a pre, pre-retiree uh, looks at. And you know, we've, we've done thousands of these interviews where we kind of take an inventory of assets and liabilities and we, we, we come up with a, a very cold, sometimes rude recommendation, but we can't candy coat an issue that needs further development. So we've got to look at the numbers uh, in a really hard way. And, and guess what? In many cases, folks are really very, very well prepared and understanding the expectation of what their chunk of money is going to generate and it must be sustainable for their entire life. You know, this is not um, the typical retiree of the 1950s and 1960s, where you retired at age 65, you went on a cruise, and you bought a Cadillac at age 66, and you died at age 67. That's kind of the way the rules were. Now you retire at 62, 65, 70, and you live 20, 25 more years, perhaps, uh, and uh, hopefully most of those years are fun, productive years. Um, we kind of break down retirement into three phases. The first 10 years 
are the go-go years. The second 10 years are called the slow-go years. You go into doctors more often and maybe not traveling as much. And the last 10 years are the no-go years, where you're really not traveling. You'd be going to an airport just looks overwhelming to you anymore between TSA and, you know, body checks and all the other nonsense that we, that we go through. So it's important to understand all the nuances of how you're going to spend money in those early years. And as you progress, you spend less money. But nevertheless, sometimes spending can go up because you're now spending money on medical procedures, perhaps, that um, you weren't spending when you're in your 60s or maybe even in your in your 70s. So it's important that, that you look at the pragmatism of how money is going to be spent. And yes, you will spend it differently, but in many cases... Spending doesn't go down; it just changes the complexion of, of who you're writing checks to. Yeah, so uh, instead of writing checks to the cruise company, you're writing more checks to the doctor's office, things of that sort, which, which you know make, makes perfect sense. And you know, then then that really underscores the reality that in the earlier years you might be able to skip the occasional vacation or do a downgrade instead of going to you know um, uh, Paris France you go to Paris Texas something like that right but as you get older particularly related to the medical bills oftentimes you don't have a choice if you need it you need it if you intend to survive one of the big factors Pat amongst many that we're talking about tonight that everyone listening to this conversation is impacted by is inflation I mentioned in my opening remarks that we are seeing some of the highest inflation rates, certainly in recent memory. You have to go back to the Carter administration since we had numbers like this. And we've seen it both play out at the price at the pump, the cost of housing, even what you pay for uh, uh, sundries and, and whatnot at the local grocery store have all gone up pretty significantly. There was a comment made by the president today uh, saying that he's going to, quote, be working hard to tackle the cost of rising gas prices and also added that he's working to tackle rising grocery prices. Now, I wonder, is that a little bit of just, uh, how should we say, uh, uh, political grandstanding going on? And I, I pose that question because if you look, take, for example, at the issue of inflation related to grocery bills, well... We've got more people at home that are not going to restaurants, so they're eating at home more, which means they're going out and shopping more, so there's an increased demand. We've had issues related to uh, difficulty in getting uh, the supply chain to the stores, whether it's the weather, lack of truckers, uh, in some cases all of these uh, big cargo containers sitting off the shore that they just can't manage to process fast enough to get them off the ships, on the trucks, and into the grocery store. And then there's a demand for higher wages, as we know, uh, that we've seen across the board more and more people saying, look, I just can't, I can't survive on these numbers. And so in order to keep employees or attract new people, they're having to pay more. So it would seem to me that so many of these factors are well outside of the control of the president save one thing, monetary policy. So is the issue in your mind related to inflation right now 
more political than it is uh, from a practical standpoint, just a set of, you know, bad circumstances all coming together? Is it a combination of the two? To what do we attribute a lot of this sudden spike in prices, the likes of which we haven't seen in four decades? I think it's 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 policymaking by the incumbent party. You know, the political grandstanding sounds good, and it's a good soundbite for the top story in the 6 o'clock news. But in reality, um, you, you can't, you, you, you've got to go after the, the root causes of these things, and it's policymaking. I mean, not to be critical, but the Keystone Pipeline was mixed in the first hours of this president's uh, office, and we were independent of any foreign oil. Now we're back to being dependent, and so we've got the resources. Whether you whether you like fracking or not, it works. The Keystone Pipeline, things like that, were instrumental in bringing um, prices down. And so we've we've got to understand policy making is the root of. Um, of um, of some of the causes, has the Fed so, in, um, has the Fed, in your yeah. opinion, Pat, also painted itself into a bit of of a corner? I mean, it made sense dropping the overnight lending rate to you know practically nothing uh, at the height of the last economic crisis. But Pat, that was twelve, thirteen years ago. And over the course of this entire time, all we heard was, oh, don't dare touch it, don't dare touch it, oh, you'll upset the apple cart, look at this wonderful rally that we're seeing on Wall Street. Now, granted, we went from what had been uh, uh, 6,000 and change uh, to now, you know, 36,000 and change, although that number's been slipping of of recent days. Uh, And I have to wonder if, if one of the primary tools that the Fed has to control inflation is interest rates. They start raising interest rates to control inflation. Doesn't that have kind of a backlash, negative impact on everything else from the cost of buying a car to the cost of purchasing a home and the loan that you pay? And and, and doesn't that end up throwing a a wet blanket on the entirety of the economy because you you have kind of, as I say, painted yourself in a corner? Yeah, we're, we, we've been pretending for, for a long time, Craig. We're pretending the economy is great. It's wonderful. Meanwhile, Washington is printing money. We're nearly $30 trillion in debt. Uh, Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve chairman, just said last week, this is an unsustainable path. We're going to look like Venezuela, where our dollar is going to be pretty much worthless. We've got to stop pretending We've got to look at the root causes. We've got to start paying this debt down. The interest on the debt is palatable at 0%. When it gets back to some normal level of 4 or 5%, that becomes a giant line item in the federal budget, which, frankly, we can't afford. And so we're, we're pretending life is wonderful and everything is cool, but in reality... Um, we're, it's not. We're, we're, we're pretending life is good and uh, everything, is, everything is wonderful. Um, and when the music stops and we jump for our chairs, there's going to be some damage, some real serious collateral damage. I, I want to talk about that. And, and help put some perspective on this, because there are some people that are hearing this for the first time that are thinking, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute now. 
look at how much money I made last year in my 401k. Pat, you can't be serious about this. Uh, and now, uh, is he suggesting I become a prepper? I mean, <laughs> how do we prepare for this? Uh, take a deep breath, because Pat's going to offer us some insights when we come back after the break as to what the specific approach needs to be. Now, obviously, in the minutia of your own personal financial details, there's going to be some things that have to be unique to you that only you, your financial advisor, can answer. But on the broader sense of looking at where the economy is, looking at some of these headwinds, facing the reality of where we're at today and where things are likely headed during 2022, how do we be best prepared? That part of the equation as our conversation with best-selling author, 30-plus year retirement planning specialist and financial manager Pat Fatucci continues right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. So on the Friday before Thanksgiving, we saw the NASDAQ reach a peak of 16,057. That was precisely on Friday, November the 19th. And by the close today, we're at 14,506, which is just a skosh above 10%, which officially, at least for the moment, puts the NASDAQ in so-called correction territory. How much is coming in terms of corrections to the under indices and then the accompanying other challenge for investors dealing with inflation. Those are some of the issues we're discussing with Pat Vitucci today. By the way, let me mention, you probably have questions and would like to get more information or maybe even take advantage of a complimentary financial health and retirement plan review. Just kind of a second opinion, as it were, um, to get a sense of where you stand today what challenges you may be facing, the headwinds that we've been talking about as you move toward retirement, and most importantly, give you a sense of whether or not you're on track, stay the course, or maybe need some serious course correction. That initial consultation is absolutely free, and you can do so, you know, through uh, FaceTime or uh, Zoom meetings or even over the telephone, or if you'd like to do it the old-fashioned way, they'll even be happy to do uh, a meeting with you in person. Pat always carries a six-foot ruler with him, just to be sure. (laughs) And you can get information online at don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Dot com, or you can call Pat's office for a complimentary appointment at 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or again, his website at don'tinvestandforget.com. We've been talking about the number of headwinds that are facing us in the brand new year and, and whether or not we're in official correction territory and will we be sustained or might we have a big surprise tomorrow. There's just an awful lot of variables here. And maybe at the end of the day, uh, the big one that we need to be paying attention to, and that is we need to be paying attention to all of it. And uh, Pat, toward that end, the, the, the issue of inflation, as we were suggesting before the break, to some degrees... Um, you can't just pick up the phone, call the grocery store, and say lower your prices. Uh, but there are monetary policies that does give control to both the Fed and to uh, Congress and the president to address some of these issues. 
But in the meanwhile, it seems like we're heading down a certain course. And I guess for investors, the big question is, what do we need to be watching? Uh, we've mentioned a half a dozen here, things here already today, Pat, and I think some people are, are now wondering, well, uh, should I continue to just whistle past the cemetery and hope for the best, or do I need to take a prepper's approach to retirement planning and you know start stocking up on, on, on water and bullets? <laughs> what is the best way for people who are so accustomed to enjoying these incredible returns year after year after year and interest rates that are, you know, 0.25 basis points or below, all of a sudden now there's a real reality check coming our way. The big question is, how do we respond to it? Well, I think it just takes a, a conscientious effort. And if you're bored by all this talk, you're not passionate, you're overwhelmed with all the a- acronyms that the investing world invented solely for the purpose of trying to confuse you or impress you, you know, I, I, I think you need to have an advisor that can that can hold your hand and take you down that road to retirement that is, is going to generate the kind of income that you've grown in the lifestyle you've grown accustomed to. Uh, it, that's not an easy task. And, you know, you, there's lots of retirees who say, thank you, I'm leaving, and they go home and realize, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm woefully in- inadequate in my income. Uh, I thought I would be in good shape. And, and sometimes they go back to work because they're bored or they don't, they don't want to sit home and and, and that's okay. I that's okay, isn't it? I mean, you know, when, when your wife comes in you and says, honey, I love you, but I've got way more husband than I bargained for, go get a part-time job, right? I mean, that's okay. I have, I have a, a, a gal who's from Texas, and she says, Pat, my, my husband retired, and I've got, um, uh, let me think about this, I've got um, twice the husband and half the space. <laughs> He's he he's alphabetizing my herb my herb rack. Uh, you know, so it's it becomes uh, a, 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 a perhaps a boring time for you. And so you go out and you you're a social person. You you're an Uber driver. You work at Home Depot. You're a Walmart greeter. You know any of those things can be kind of fun, and the money comes in handy. But you may not be doing it for the money, or you may be doing it for the money, and that's okay. But just understanding and keeping your finger on the pulse of, of where your money is going, it's called the, your through, throughput. How much is coming in the front door and how much is going out the back door with bills? And, and, uh, and oh, by the way, there's surprises and bumps in retirement as well. Your kids need to borrow money. Maybe they have health issues. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe you have to buy them a car to, to drive a little your, your beautiful little granddaughter to, to school. Uh, maybe you're paying for dance lessons. Uh, maybe your furnace blows up. Your car breaks down. So there's all kinds of surprises in retirement, as there are when you're a worker bee. And having that, that emergency uh, account comes in handy. And understanding there will be these surprises. Maybe your mom and dad need financial help. And so we've got to look at all the all the, the realities that hit hit us um, in life, and um, and we've got to be prepared because guess what? You're going to step up if your loved one needs help, your mom or dad or your child or grandchild. Uh, 
you know, most of us are going to step up and help out. And it may hurt in the long run, but we'll sacrifice that as we've, as we've done uh, many sacrifices throughout our lifetime when we were working. Now, Pat, let me ask you this, and, and this is maybe one of the biggest questions, undoubtedly, that listeners have as they're eavesdropping on our conversation tonight, and probably a question that you get asked by, by clients and listeners with great frequency. We know as we're working, kind of in a general sense, how much we need to earn in order to pay all the bills, right? We've got maybe tuition bills for the kids, a mortgage payment, a car payment. Uh, you know, the wife likes to run down to uh, Nordstrom's or Macy's every now and then. We take vacations, things of that sort. So we have kind of a general sense of what our budget looks like, what our income is, and what our outgo is. The one number that people seem to kind of have a sense that it eludes them, and that is, okay, once I stop working and I'm having to rely solely on sources of income like Social Security and my retirement savings, one supplements the other. The question that many people have that they just don't know how to answer, and that is, how do I know how big that nest egg needs to be? I know I need one, and I know I need one that's going to last me an indeterminate number of years, you know, uh, people, as Pat mentioned earlier, are living longer. So, you know, your mom and dad might have retired and enjoyed 10, 15 years, and then it was on to their reward. And now we're finding a growing number of people that are spending as much time in retirement as they did in the working world, living to 80, 90, 100 years old. So the equation of not just how long it will last, but how much do we need to carry us through? How do you go about determining that number? And I'm sure it's different for all of us based on a lot of factors. We're going to have Pat Vitucci answer that question. So you might be sitting here thinking right now to yourself, I have in my mind a number, but how do you know it's right? Pat's going to offer some insights to help you answer that question. Pat Fiducci with us tonight. Information available on the web, don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com or on uh, the telephone the old-fashioned way at 888-PLAN-WISE, 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E, to ask questions or to set up your complimentary appointment. Okay, we'll take a time out. When we come back, drum roll, please. How much money does it take? for you to have in your nest egg to make it through retirement. And now back to Lifeline with Craig well, Roberts. Well, Pat Fittucci is with us tonight, kind of, um, you know, uh, raining on our collective parade with a bit of a dose of reality. We, we've, we've lived in this fantasy land for so many years now. You know, we came through that, that terrible time in 2008, 2009, the real estate derivatives, you just ripped the heart out of not only real estate, but, of course, did a whammy on, uh, the, uh, uh, on the economy. And so we, ha- we had Washington, D.C. step up to the plate. You remember Henry Paulson uh, literally bending knee before Nancy Pelosi begging that she pass uh, the, uh, the TARP money, I think it was. And uh, with all of that, then we saw these fantastic numbers begin to rebound on Wall Street, and it's been nothing but a continuous upward trajectory since then, not only recovering the losses that had gone from 12 to 6 back to 12 again, but we've not just doubled the market in the last 12, 13 years. We have tripled the market in the last 13 years. So when you think about it, the Dow Jones Industrial Average took almost 100 years to get from zero to 800, and then from 800 to 
12,000, and then from 12,000 to 36,000 in, you know, I mean, it seems to be having the amount of time that it takes. Is this sustainable, though? That's the big question that Pat has been uh, shining some light on. And, of course, the other big question that he's going to help us answer, and this is a critical one, Pat, for all of us, whether good times or bad times, everybody needs to know, what is my magic number? Now, I know that folks pretty much at any age that are of working age and have a Social Security number can can set up a Social Security account. You can log in at any time and get an estimate based on your age and number of years in work as to what your retirement might look like in terms of your monthly stipend coming from Social Security. So any of us can do that. So in terms of determining that number, that's fairly easy. The, the elusive number is how much do I need to have sitting in my IRA, in my 401k, to supplement those Social Security dollars, and how do I determine what that number looks like? Yeah, it's a great, great question, Craig. Everybody's number is different. We all have different lifestyles, and we all have different uh, PG&E bills, mortgage balances, um, lifestyles, all those issues uh, can drive your number higher or lower depending upon what excites you. Some people's image of retirement is watching soap operas all day long, all week. Well, that's a pretty modest budget to live on. Another couple might say, well, we want to go to Europe once a year, we want to go to Hawaii twice a year, and we want a new car every other year. Clearly, a different set of expectations. So one of the first things we do when we sit with a new radio listener, we sit down, take an inventory of where their assets are, their liabilities. What's their monthly nut? What does it cost them to keep their household going? And then we get get into, okay, what are your investments? And, and how much can that drive? And it really, after an hour or so, we can get a pretty clean, crisp idea on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. And also we want to know, what are your legacy thoughts? How do you feel about money? How much do you want to leave behind to family or charities? So it, it, it's that feel good stuff that we need to factor in. And of course we look at expectation of longevity and, and we have to, we have to compute that and then come up with what we think is a, is a very conservative approach. We want to under-promise and over-deliver. We don't want to have say, well, the, the Dow did this for the last 20 years. We want to give it a real conservative number. And, you know, after 30-plus years, we've had clients with plenty of money in their, in their, in their, in their later years to enjoy or take care of health care or start to donate to beneficiaries or charities and uh, we don't need stress when we're 85 years old because we're running out of money that's the last thing we need stress is a killer there's enough disease around that you hope and pray you don't get but stress added on top of that will exacerbate even the healthiest person so that's our our goal is is a stress reliever uh, and by being, taking a very conservative approach to um, if you've got a lot of money left and you're getting up in age, go out and enjoy yourself, take cruises, donate to your kids, be, be uh, gracious to your, grand, to your grandchildren. There's plenty of ways of spending it uh, kind of in a frivolous way 
later on in your later years. And if you need help doing that, let me give you my mailing address. Are you ready to yeah, jot this down? Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll take cash, checks, uh, credit cards, Bitcoin, real estate, jewelry. <laughs> Just kidding. Everybody wants to donate to their favorite radio radio guy. Absolutely. You know, in, the, in this industry, we all need it, right? Uh, yeah. So, Pat, that's, that's an interesting number. And as you say, it's really going to vary from individual to individual. And uh, and sometimes you have to reset your expectations that if you have plans of taking a cruise every year, maybe that needs to go down to once every five years. Or uh, if you've got enough time between now and retirement, maybe you need to ramp up the rate at which you're setting money aside. Now, there are some limits to that uh, in terms of what you contribute to an IRA or a 401k. But, Pat, in terms of one's own individual savings with the post-tax dollars, there's no limitation on that, is there? No, and I got to add add this notion, this this idea. Uh, Thirty years ago, I had zero clients that were age 100. I think today I'm up to six or seven clients are 100 plus years old. So, you know, in just these short 30 years, we've got you know a whole lot more folks in their 90s and some enjoying fairly good health in their in their 100 plus. Well, and I've, I think I've shared this story on the air. I have a, a second cousin, my grandmother's, I guess my third cousin, my grandmother's first cousin. Uh, they actually came over uh, from the old country together. And uh, she, at the age of 100, was uh, was still reading continuing novels and lived to 107. And by that point, she had spent 10 years more retired than she had working and uh, and with all of that, of course, thank God that she had been dutiful in in setting money aside and and uh, you know lived a lifestyle that was in harmony with the cash that she had available to her. So hers is a story that ended well because she planned properly and didn't get overly enthusiastic when it came to spending money. And uh, and yours can be the same, but you've got to make the right decisions and you need the right advice. If you'd like to get to some advice, second opinion on where you stand right now along the road toward retirement, maybe that number that Pat spoke of a moment ago, it continues to elude you. And you're really struggling with, okay, well, how do I go about coming up with the right combination? And how aggressive do I need to be? And is all that changing because of things like inflation and the impact on the economy from you know year number three now of COVID, things of that sort? Well, Pat's always happy to meet with you. There's no cost or obligation whatsoever, even if you're already uh, getting input from an advisor and you just want to get a second opinion. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Maybe you come back and find out that Pat's got some better ideas that can help you maximize the income and uh, reduce the outgo by way of taxes and whatnot even more so. So take advantage of the complimentary financial health and retirement plan review. Again, to uh, to make contact with Pat, you can call him toll-free at 888-PLAN-WISE. That's 888-P-L-A-N-W-I-S-E. Or easier still, you can jump online and uh, schedule that appointment uh, through your Mobile device, telephone, computer with a long extension cord <laughs> at uh, don'tinvestandforget.com. That's don'tinvestandforget.com. Hey, Pat, thanks so much for the time and the insights, and uh, always appreciate you uh, giving a little bit of a reality check to all of us when it comes to uh, retirement planning and money management. And, uh, again, thank you so much. 
Craig, it was a pleasure. Thank you. All right. And we're going to see Pat on the radio real soon. In fact, I invite you to check out Pat's program called Don't Invest and Forget. It airs here in the San Francisco Bay Area Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on our sister station, AM 1220, Business Radio 1220, KDOW, Saturday mornings, 8 o'clock. And uh, it's a must-tune in. He's good. His co-host, spectacular. I mean, just, oh, talk about oozing with good looks and talent. Anyway, <laughs> there's Pat Fatucci. Triple Eight Plan Wise, don't invest and forget dot com, young man. Don't forget it. Check it out today. Don't invest and forget dot com. 601 from KFAX. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.